Do you like a good scare? Do you have a dark and disturbing imagination? Then you've come to the right place. The Shiver Show brings you strange and chilling tales of crime, horror, and science fiction. From the golden era of radio through to new contemporary productions. I'm here with co-host and co-pilot Greg Flynn. Good to see you, Mary. Tonight we have a deliciously disturbing story for you. It's called July 1947. It's a sci-fi story that's set almost 90 years ago in a real-life incident. Uh, As the number one fanboy of the X-Files, I'm dying, hopefully not literally, to find out what happens in this radio play. Have you ever seen anything strange in the night sky? I know I have. A knight would live in infamy amongst the conspiracy theorists and the men and women who seek answers from beyond our own borders, past the moon, past our own galaxy of the Milky Way, far, far beyond into the infinite. The night was July 8th, 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. A mysterious craft slammed into the desert floor from above. The incident was reported all across the great nation of the United States. But not every incident was reported that fateful evening. More UFO sightings spilled in over the wire. This is a dramatization of one eyewitness account. Near Roswell, a young man and woman gazed through a telescope at the beauty above. Their lives would be changed forever. Travel to other planets, live on a new world. Oh, it'd be something. Well, if I had a choice, I'd like to stay down here with you, Mary. On this world, forever. Say, I guess I love you. Kiss me, James. What on earth is that? That strange thing in the sky. It's like a shooting star. I don't think it's a shoot. What else could it be? You don't think? Oh, my... What do we do? Shouldn't we call the authorities? No way. They'd never make it out here in time. We're in the middle of nowhere. Little did the loving couple know, they were about to make a strange discovery. One that would shake the very foundations of the idea of an all-powerful god. For if there was a god, why would he create such monsters watching over us? Look, up ahead. There it is. Wow. Do you hear that? The humming sound. I'm going to have a closer look. 
No, Jimmy. What if... What if what, Mary? It could be dangerous. Sweetheart, stay here. I'll take a look. Jimmy, wait. This strange tale comes to an end. A night that started as the perfect evening date ends with two missing people. The story of James and Mary is one of horror and abduction of the body. The once happy couple transformed into a ghoulish nightmare. Neither bodies have been found. The creature may still be out there, lurking in the shadows, hiding in plain sight as an inhabitant of a human form. When you walk down the street, looking at plain people in a plain city, just remember this. Some of them may not be human after all. Greg, what did you think of July 1947? Oh, dear, dear. Poor James and Mary. There they are, awestruck by the stars over the New Mexico desert. Then, and this is only what I could describe as rotten luck, the UFO they encounter doesn't crash like the other one at Roswell. They get a UFO with a good pilot. <laughs> Bad news for them. Mind you, it's a welcome distraction from their less-than-sizzling love affair. I want to live in a world where people say golly. Yes. <laughs> what about, and now Frank, what about uh, James's uh, chat-up lines? They're a little bit limp, you know. His idea of flinging woo at a lady is to say, I guess I love you. Yeah. We have to assume they're making out, right? 
that leads me to my next comment, which is, thank heavens, the Mary in the play, not you, doesn't sashay around the subject. She commands James, kiss me, James. <laughs> yes, um, that and uh, I think, well, after the fact, doesn't she say, let me embrace you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just when James is strapped to the table, um, I, I talk about 50 shades of grey on an alien spacecraft. However, when after she says, kiss me, James, I wasn't certain if the next sound effect was, was them actually kissing or a UFO smacking onto the hard desert ground because some of the sci-fi sound effects here are a bit dodgy, I thought. Um, it's a very short but pretty funky sci-fi play, I reckon. I'd call it a sci-fi horror. Would you agree? Yeah, I, Absolutely. Uh, because as you and I have discussed in the past, it's absolutely essential for lead characters in a horror genre piece. If there's danger ahead, you run straight for that danger. You know, I'll go and to go and have a closer look. Says Jim or James or Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was calling him everything that she could think. You know, <laughs> anything to pad out the script. And Mary's a lot smarter. No, Jimmy, it could be dangerous. No kidding. Should should we call the authorities? Um, this is a this is during an era when there were no mobile phones, folks. So to call the authorities, they would have had to get in the car, <laughs> drive to the local, like phone booth, gas station. Yeah. But yes, uh, uh, apparently this play, just, um, you know, Dylan James Carver wrote this play. It's a very short play, obviously. Um, but he was inspired because a few years before War of the Worlds had come out. Now that made a big splash and that's a show we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. But um, everybody was just blown away by War of the Worlds. And so he was inspired by that play to write this play. Hmm. Yeah, so well, I'd... I think War of the Worlds may have a, have a little few more nuances than this one. Although I did like the part where James ends up lying on what he describes as a cold table. Now, I think if if the temperature of an alien table in a UFO is all you have to worry about, then, well, you can relax. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Indeed. You know, these guys are skilled professionals. They probably have great technology. They're probably going to enhance you. They're not going to make you worse on that subject um in fact uh, you and i are discussing roswell in general not specifically this particular incident and um, um, my theory of which i put to you mary is that indeed the um uh, uh, the aliens inverted commas were in fact time tra um, travelers from earth's future mm. come back to visit us uh, hence the rather creaky uh, UFOs, you know, with um, with Earth-like materials, metallic materials and that sort of thing. So, And uh, they've got humanoid form, you know, yep. literally not strapping like a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> They're sort of stunted, and but nevertheless, we don't know what the future holds. Yeah, what um, Greg is referring to, some of the listeners may not know this, um, is the events of uh, July 8th, 1947, which was um, many people saw something strange in the night sky in a certain area of the United States. You know, some people say that it didn't happen. It's, um, you know, it's conspiracy theory, but that cannot possibly be true because I have a copy here of the uh, Roswell Daily Record uh, for July 8th, 1947, 
And now, as you and I know, Roswell Daily Record, Lincoln County's news leader, therefore couldn't possibly be wrong. And it reports the um, the finding of these um, the debris from a UFO crash. And, um, you know, it shows it with somebody looking at what could be weather balloon, as the uh, US Air Force claimed later. But in fact, I think it's um, actually um, humanoids from the future. You know, it's much simpler uh, explanation than a weather balloon. Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, the, the thing that was interesting about Roswell, um, that whole sighting that evening when all these people saw, um, there was one um, fellow, have you like heard about the pilot? Um, his name was Kenneth Arnold. So he's a highly credible person who was actually in a plane doing an inspection for um, an aviation uh, organization. And he took meticulous notes of his experience. <laughs> Have you heard about that guy? Uh, yes, yes, I have actually. Um, I was going to give a plug uh, for an author that I'd interviewed, an author called Ross Coulthart. Now, I'll spell that for you, Mary. We- That's a cool name. Yes, yeah, C-O-U-L-T-H-A-R-T, who um, uh, this year had a book out called In Plain Sight, and it's all about um, UFOs or as we people in the know now call them uh, UAPs, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, and uh, these types of uh, incidents. And once you read the book, you'll know uh, there has been a cover-up, definitely been a cover-up, you know. And as I said, you know, uh, uh, humans from the future, what's more logical? It's a damn weather balloon. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's interested in that. No, nobody's going to fall for that rubbish. (laughs) But he he actually said that the thing that he saw was nine shiny objects, and he had a, a thing called a Zeus cowling fastener, which he used to clock the speed of these things. Um, and he said they were going, uh, well, he actually estimated it at 1,700 miles per hour. I mean, that would just go, pew. but he, he fudged it down because he thought that's real fast. <laughs> so he said 1,200 miles per hour. That's pretty quick. Um, he said that they were uh, they were flying in a chevron formation, so like yep. a you know like a flock of geese when they're migrating, that kind of uh, shape. And um, he said that the whole formation was five miles in width. So these things were zooming along in formation. Um, he actually took you know reasonable um, uh, measurements of it. And when he first talked to the press, they they didn't immediately think he was a nut job because he was obviously like as a pilot, he's a well-respected gentleman. He had taken quite meticulous notes of the experience and thought it was pretty crazy. And he said it doesn't didn't look like anything he had seen flying in the sky. And I don't think weather balloons would go at that speed, right? Well, no, nor, nor in a Chevron shape. And in regards to the uh, Roswell incident, the, the one that made um, uh, international news, uh, I don't know if you've turned lately to Wikipedia, but I don't want to spoil the magic of Wikipedia, but frankly, anybody can contribute to Wikipedia. You just log in and put... And obviously, um, you know, some secret department within the US government has uh, logged into Wikipedia because it um, the, the um, coverage there just poo-poos all the UFO stories and it just state, plainly states 
metallic and rubber rubber debris from a crashed military uh, balloon, right? That's you know that's the opening sentence. So yeah. you know there's a cover up when Wikipedia has been doctored. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, so July 1947 may be a fairly short um, audio drama. But it uh, refers to a very interesting topic area. And if you don't know anything about this, get across it because it's really fun, even if you don't believe in such things. Well, the, what, uh, there is one thing I believed in. Uh, uh, that was a great closing statement by the um, uh, the host of that radio play. And that's when he says that the, um, uh, the creature from the UAP vehicle could still be out there hiding in plain sight, inhabiting a human form. Now, I know because uh, with um, uh, one corporation that I worked with, I am absolutely certain the other employees were aliens. Sure, they had human form, and but their in, uh, ability to interact with real humans, such as myself, was something they must have been taught on the planet Mars. Yeah, but they need more practice, right? Yeah, right. And and look, you know, I used to look into their eyes and there was a cold emptiness behind their eyes and a lack of empathy that can only come, and this is the only explanation I can think of, that uh, there's a there was a large green lizard inside the human skin zipped up in there. <laughs> there couldn't possibly be another explanation for this. The fellow you're referring to, the narrator, was Brandon Blick. Oh, yes. What a great name. As he says, some of them might not be human. Right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. My God, I'm in, I'm in tune with this particular play. What do you think happened to James? And indeed, what happened to Mary? James? Is that you? I'm here, Mary. Oh, James. Let me embrace you. It's all right, Mary. I'm here. I'm here. Well, I, I would say, no, I, I don't want to uh, have a downbeat ending, but I think the giveaway is the harp music at the end with me. <laughs> Do you think that James was modified and then came back as a monster and kind of like gobbled her up? Is that what happened? No, I think he just came back as a far-off echo of his previous self. <laughs> Embrace me, James. Ooh, <laughs> you're scaly. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed The Shiver Show. We would love it if you would follow us on social media. Our handle is at The Shiver Show. Also, check out our new website, www.timewarpstudios.com Remember, if you're lucky, you might be abducted by aliens and get to spend a little bit of time on an operating table. It's something to hope for. Good night, Mary. Good night. Music for this show is The Forsaken by Cody Martin. 